Well, Merry Christmas. Our Lord has come to save us. Christ has been born. He is our Emmanuel, and we're here to praise Him. And so it's a great delight to be with you here this evening. The prophet once announced in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. 700 years later, the apostle Matthew wrote, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus Christ came into this world as our Emmanuel. He came to be with us, God with us. Can you understand how wonderful that is? How incredible that is that God would come and, and want to be with you and want to be with me? My hope is that all of us tonight can take time to rejoice in that truth, that wonderful truth that we might find joy in the fact that God has come and He is with us, that God is with you, God is for you, God is your refuge, your strength, your king, your protector, your father, your shepherd. God is ruling right now, Christian, for you, on your behalf, working all things together for you. Even when people oppose you and intend evil against you, this God is working for your good. And we should rejoice in that tonight. My great hope tonight is that none none of you here who gather on this Christmas Eve would leave this place not knowing the assurance That God is for you. That God is with you. I want to just simply consider this verse in Isaiah 7.14, told 700 years before Christ was born. Just look at both halves of that passage. You see, the first half begins with, with Jesus being born of a virgin, His origin, if you will. Behold, the prophet says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. In the two accounts in the Gospels, both Matthew and Luke, that tell us about the birth of Jesus Christ, both uh, make uh, emphasis on the fact that Mary was a virgin. And I understand that we now live in the 21st century. 2,000 years have passed, and we read these stories like we had read tonight, and we might be tempted to think, what primitive people, right? They, they think back then that, that, that Mary was a virgin. When she gave birth to a child. In fact, uh, C.S. Lewis, the, the great uh, professor, English professor, was once sitting in his office when another professor wandered in and there were carolers in the courtyard below and as the two were speaking, they could hear them singing their Christmas carols. And the words of one of the carols contained uh, some reference to Jesus' virgin birth. Well, his friend said to Lewis, isn't it good that we know better than they did. Lewis said, I'm I'm afraid you will have to explain 
Well, he went on, isn't it good that we know that virgins don't have babies? At this, C.S. Lewis looked at him with some doubt in his eyes and said, don't you think they knew that? That's the whole point. Isn't that the point? Right? That, that Gabriel came to Mary and said, Mary, listen, you're going to have, I know you're a virgin, but you're going to have a child. And, and what did Mary say? Oh, oh, really? Right? Oh, the meaning of Christmas. Isn't this wonderful? Right? She said, what are you talking about? What, what, what kind of child is this going to be? How is this going to be possible? She had no, I mean, they're no primitive, more primitive than you and I. It was impossible for this to happen. And yet somehow we look at these stories and we think we, we now know better. And even those who stand up on a week-by-week basis and claim to speak for God think they know better than the Scriptures. A recent poll of 7,000 American pastors asked them this question. Do you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? You know, 19% of Lutheran pastors will deny the virgin birth. of Baptist pastors in America will reject the virgin birth. 44% of Episcopalian pastors reject that Jesus was born of a virgin. 49% of Presbyterian pastors will deny this truth. 60% of Methodist pastors will deny that Jesus was born of a virgin in America. And 79% of congregational pastors will deny that Jesus is born of a virgin. You see, this idea has come into doubt in our, you know, materialistic, uh, advanced civilization. I don't want to be very clear here tonight. I'm not so advanced, evidently. And I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe that because Scripture tells us that is the case. And even more than that, I believe it because I think it's essential for our salvation. You know, the angel showed up to Joseph in the dream and said, listen, you're going to call his name Jesus because he is going to save his people from their sins. He's come to be a savior. Well, I would suggest to you this evening if that Jesus is a savior, he must be born of a virgin. He must be because he must be God himself. He must be God to come and live a sinless life. He must be God to die upon the cross and pay the eternal penalty, the eternal debt that you and I have accumulated for our life of rebellion. He must be God in order to save us. And if he's simply the product of a union between a man and a woman, he cannot be God. He cannot be Savior. But I would also suggest to you that he had to be born of a human, born of a virgin, because in order to be our substitute, in order to take our place, he had to be a man. He had to be human. And if he had no human parents, he would not be a man. The virgin birth explains how Jesus is both fully God and fully man, and it explains how he can come to save you. And let's be clear here that though we rejoice in Christmas and a time of family and peace on earth and joy to the world and so forth, Christmas is not simply a, a story of feeling warm with friends and family. It's a story that God in His great love for us has sent His Son into this world because we were lost. We were alienated from God because of our rebellion and our sin. And this holy God, out of great love, sent His Son into this world to take on human flesh so that He might save us. So that He might go to a cross 
that he might pay our penalty. Because, friends, you and I cannot save ourselves. We need a Savior. And Jesus Christ has come to be that Savior as fully God and fully man. He is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. You see, the prophet not only says that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, she describes, if you will, his ministry. Why he's, what he's coming to do. He's coming here into this earth to be with us. God with us. Not some guru or miracle worker or moral example or wonderful teacher. He is God who has come into this world to be with you and I. And the gospel messages just um, show this over and over again, how Christ has come to be with us, bringing God into our midst. We've been studying the gospel of Luke here at Hamilton Baptist Church. And if you look at the gospel of Luke, you see that Christ is so inclined to be with people. He's very rarely off by himself, but constantly seeking to be with others. In fact, in Luke chapter 1, we see that God has come in Christ to be with the humble, to exalt them. And in chapter 2, we see that He has come to be with the, the waiting to honor them. And in chapter 3, to be with the repentant to welcome them. In chapter 4, He's come to be with the sick to cure them. And in chapter 5, He's come to be with uh, transgressors to call them. In chapter 6, He's come to be with the poor in spirit to bless them. In chapter 7, come to be with the dead to raise them. In chapter 8, He's come to be with the demon-possessed to liberate them. And in chapter 9, come to be with the hungry to feed them. In chapter uh, 10, he's come to be with the self-righteous to correct them. And in chapter 11, come to be with the proud to humble them. In chapter 12, he came to be with the anxious to counsel them. And in 13, to be with the fatherless to weep with them. And in chapter 14, he's come to be with the outcast to host them. And in chapter 15, come to be with the lost to, to seek them. In chapter 16, he's come to be with the care-ridden to take their burdens from them. And in chapter 17, to be with the lepers to cleanse them. And in chapter 18, to be with the blind to heal them and in chapter 19 to be with the faithful to reward them and in chapter 20 to be with the skeptics to answer them in chapter 21 he has come to be with the widows to affirm them and in chapter 22 to be with the disciples to protect them and in chapter 23 we see that Christ has come God has come to be with sinners to die for them and in chapter 24, he's come to be with the weary and the scared to conquer death for them. He is God with us. Mer Merry Christmas. God has come to be with you. And he shall be with you, Christian, forevermore. For before Christ ascended into heaven, he gathered his apostles together and says, Surely I am with you even to the very end of this age. It is God with us. Merry Christmas. Christ has come. Our Savior has come to save us. He is worthy of our heart, worthy of our worship, worthy of our delight. I so appreciate the ministry of Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer. He once wrote a Christmas song for his son Hans. He wrote, to, this, to you this night is born a child of Mary, chosen mother mild. This little child of lowly birth shall be the joy of all the earth. This is the Christ, our God and Lord, who in all need shall aid afford he will himself your savior be from all your sin to set you free. Were earth a thousand times as fair, beset with gold and jewels rare, it yet were far too poor to be a narrow cradle, Lord, to thee. Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, make thee a bed soft undefiled. 
within my heart that it may be a quiet chamber kept for thee. My heart for very joy doth leap. My lips no more can silence keep. I too must sing with joyful tongue the sweetest ancient cradle song. Glory to God in the highest heaven who unto us his Son has given. You should know, friends, that Christ has come. God has given you his Son. May this be your Christmas celebration, that God is with you even now. In fact, he's at this table with us. We come here not just to celebrate his birth, but to remember his death and what unites us to him, how we shall be with him forevermore. And so can we pray before we go to this table, asking God to search our hearts that we might come prepared? Will you please pray with me? Our Father, we are so incredibly thankful today, this Christmas Eve, to reflect and to remember that Christ has come, that God has come to be with us, has come to make a way that we would be with Him forever, that He is here with us even now through His Spirit, and we shall be with Him forever through faith in Christ. This has all been accomplished, not because we have deserved it or because we are righteous or good, but quite to the opposite. We are unrighteous and sinful. And yet Christ, out of great love, mercy, and grace, has come to save us through dying for us and being raised from the dead. Help us to remember well. Help us to celebrate well. Minister to us, Lord, even as we remind ourselves of the work of Christ for our salvation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.